welcome to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. The same science that has led us to understand what's happened to the atmosphere, um, the same science that allows us to predict the weather, gives us reasonable certainty that some things are inevitable as we continue to put greenhouse gas in the atmosphere. Today, the Bureau of Meteorology's Carl Braganza chats to Andrew Cornell about climate, business and our changing environment. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Welcome, Carl. Thanks very much for speaking with us on Blue Notes. Uh, you're the, the Bureau of Meteorology of Victoria's climate change expert. Now, it, with climate change, it's still a controversial topic and, and people talk about, you know, at the one extreme, all the science is settled. But science is never settled by definition. But what is it that we know? You know, what are the, what are the hard points that you act on? Yeah, look, I guess we can sort of break the science into understanding what's happened to the climate system and then predicting what's going to happen in the future. So um, if we were to talk about that in terms of medicine, one's a, one's a diagnosis. So um, understanding what's happened to the climate system, we've got reasonable surety around. We know that greenhouse gases have increased in the atmosphere and we know that the climate system has warmed in response to that. And we look um, in quite sophisticated ways at the ways the atmosphere and the oceans have changed. Um, to see if it bears what's called a fingerprint of mm. climate change, of, of increasing greenhouse gases. And that fingerprint is quite clearly identified. When it comes, in, comes to predicting what's going to happen, that's a little bit more difficult, but a little bit like a medical prognosis. We're not looking for perfect predictability. Um, we're looking for things that inform our risk or how our risk changes. And the same science that has led us to understand what's happened to the atmosphere, um, the same science that allows us to predict the weather, um, gives us reasonable certainty that some things are inevitable as we continue to put greenhouse gas in the atmosphere. So the planet will continue to warm, uh, Australia will continue to warm, sea levels will continue to rise, um, rainfall patterns will change. Um, there's some uncertainty as to how they will change, particularly for regions like northern Australia, but we know we will have to cope with um, those changing patterns into the future and then there's knock-on effects from that so what does sea level rise mean for cities what to change in rainfall patterns um, mean for agriculture for example and you talk about direct effects and then sort of multiplier effects and and I think you know as you say inundation um, more extreme weather events more frequently uh, people can sort of grasp that it's those multiplier effects that we I suppose we don't really think about what what are some of those multiplier effects yeah so water resources are a really good example of that um, if we look around the world and even in Australia increasing population is going to place a lot of pressure on our water resources um, if we also have a drying climate in some regions then that is a threat multiplier for example so we know that both those things together will mean there's periods where our water resources are, are greatly challenged. And uh, even things like you've, uh, you've spoken about dairy farming, that cows, when it's hot, don't produce so much dairy, and then there's potentially flow-ons for how uh, the cost of their insurance and other things. So we don't even think about that sort of several stages down, do we? I think we are increasingly thinking about it. So what we've seen both globally and in Australia, particularly over the last two years, is this greater appreciation that climate change means a whole lot of risks. There's the physical risk from um, the climate system changing itself, from severe weather associated with that and weather in places um, that we didn't get it before, for example, 
um, you know, uh, so, so heat waves occurring more often, um, heavy rainfall occurring more often. Um, there's also transitional risks, so there's what those changes, in, in responding to those changes, we will have to, you know, rearrange parts of our economy that introduces investment and, and other risks. So um, insurability risk, those things are front of mind, particularly after the Paris Agreement. Um, there's strong moves globally um, to try and get those risks taken into account more formally through the finance, insurance and asset management sector. Uh, and indeed, ANZ is a bank, obviously, and um, financial institutions are being, whether they like it or not, drawn into the response by global regulators, the Financial Stability Board. There's also the um, climate-related disclosure regime, which actually is going to be quite a firm set of signals and regulation for financial institutions, and that will directly drive behaviour, I take it. Yeah, look, when you talk to actuaries and others, they will talk about um, the, the TCFD, that Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, um, driving as much change as the Paris Agreement itself. So um, the Paris Agreement where countries around the world have agreed to, to limit their future emissions. Um, we think that the signal to the market through the TCFDs, uh, through the TCFD and, and, and other um, risk frameworks will actually drive just as much change. Mm. Uh, and those single signals to market, we're talking about investors choosing to invest or not invest, financiers choosing how much they will charge for funding, if they'll fund at all, that's the sort of things? I think the first step is actually just understanding our vulnerabilities and what the risks are. So that first step of mapping out, well, if the climate system is changing, if the um, economy is changing in response to that, um, what are our points of vulnerability to that change? Um, it's a pretty good first exercise. I don't think we're getting it too far ahead of ourselves, but certainly companies are thinking then, what does that mean for my operational environment? What does that mean for my investment portfolio? What does that mean for my duty to shareholders as well? Mm. And when we look around the world, um, Australia, even though it stands to be um, affected by climate change quite dramatically, is perhaps not quite as advanced as Europe in, in adapting and taking on some of these measures? I think um, Europe probably moved a little bit earlier than Australia in um, regulating around the risk to the economy. Mm -hmm. So um, that means that the science institutions that are there in Europe probably have a little bit of a head start in what sort of data and knowledge they provide to the finance sector, for example. Um, we're not far behind and we have pretty good capability in Australia. We've got you know, a whole continent um, of hazards to, to understand our, our vulnerability. Um, we've got you know, pretty strong science institutions in CSIRO, uh, the universities and the Bureau of Meteorology. And you know, we have a close connection between um, the big four banks and others in the finance sector here. So um, while we've started a little bit behind, I think the capacity for us to catch up and, and lead the world in this area is probably there. So are you optimistic then about our response to climate change and how the economy can adapt? I think I'm more optimistic than I was a few years ago. Um, seeing the changes um, in the companies that I go and speak to, seeing uh, the changing appreciation of the risk itself, um, and seeing generally a lot of concern and, and will to actually um, account for climate change is something that's um, yeah shifted me towards a more optimistic footing, I think. And this is at operational level, management level, executive yeah, board yeah, level, right? All yeah. levels, and, yeah. and including government as well. There's this growing appreciation that, well, some of these changes have 
reasonable predictability in them as far as risk goes. Because risk is by its nature, um, you, you know, you're trying to um, imagine the future, you're trying to imagine um, changes in the future that you haven't experienced in the past. Um, there's a bit of predictability driven by solid science around what climate change will mean. And I think, yeah, everyone's now seeing that that is something that they need to pay attention to. Because obviously not just in Australia, but in a lot of areas, there's a political dimension to this. But the the response of, of organisations and, and even some government bodies, in a way it's almost independent of what political decisions are made, I suppose, if this is what you're talking about. Yeah, there's a degree of independence from that. So. Um, particularly if we're looking at the responsibility of company directors and others, I think that has an independence from government. Um, there's also some global organisation around that, so it's cross-jurisdictional as mm. well. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for speaking with Blue Notes. No problem, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod.